You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Benjamin Chapman. I am so excited here to be on How to Be a Serial Killer in 2017, which is my favorite... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, is that a real podcast? No. Uh, I mean, <laughs> no. Don't don't Google it, though. Um, don't look at that. Okay. <laughs> is anybody else alarmed that we're going to have to appear to deposition now? <laughs> When did you know something was wrong? Well, we were recording a podcast. You well, mentioned serial murders. Uh, Pogues, I'm happy to be here again for another mini-sode. They're kind of, you know, they're kind of some of my favorite things. You know, it's just a real chance to unleash a little, um, little shop talk for those uh, who aren't Pogues and myself and get to hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, this is this is cool. To, to sort of coordinate our recordings so we can sync them up in editing later, uh, I actually tell Pogues a bad joke, and he gives a heavy sigh, and we link that. It's so loud that you can hear it on both mics, uh, and we Jesus. we link them up, and, and that's, that's how we get our episodes to work. I mean, isn't that – that's just pretty interesting, I think. That's an IMDb trivia fact for you right there because it is both <sighs> – <laughs> it's an IMDb trivia fact because it's both interesting and fictional. Um, yeah, so, not fact-checked at un- all. Unverified. <laughs> like a Daily Mail headline. Um, so yes, you, we're coming off of our Thor Ragnarok episode. I said Ragnarok really weird there. Uh, hopefully you listened to it and enjoyed it and listened to me be contrarian, which I know is a change for this podcast. <laughs> I think it's important, though. I think that was my dream episode in terms of structure because I think the perfect episode of a podcast like this is someone who has who has pointed pointed legitimate criticism, someone who was just passionately excited about the movie and someone who's in the middle, which in order was Pogues, Christopher, and myself. Um, so I think that, that led to, I mean, I was pretty positive, but I agreed with a lot of your criticisms. Uh, but I think that creates a really good um, podcast. Yeah, I thought it was actually an interesting podcast, perhaps not our funniest, but if you listen to it, I think it's actually kind of interesting because we do have like a legitimate conversation where we, like some of my complaints when I watched it, I was like, I don't know why I don't like it. But then in talking to you guys, I was like, oh, wait, I get it now. Like while we were talking, it kind of like came together. So I don't know. It was interesting for me. I don't know. Like, maybe you guys didn't like it, but fuck you. What do I care? <laughs> don't, don't give our listeners an excuse to not like it. That's not how we do this podcast. You will like it. Post uh, we need to barrel into every episode with unbridled optimism. It's the only way this, this relationship works. Um, it is true. Ben does psych himself <laughs> up before every podcast. He drinks two raw legs, which I keep trying to tell him is extremely unhealthy. Uh, but, you know, when he dies of some sort of worm infestation, I'll, Look, I'll be looking for a new co-host. The so shells are, have tons of nutrients. Anyway, we are here. Oh, God. We- <laughs> you don't eat the shell. Oh, guys, we got Maybe. problems with Ben. Uh, <laughs> it's worse than we thought. Um, we are here for another mini episode, which is, of course, our opportunity to both um, encourage you to listen to our previous episode and let you know about what is coming up so you can prepare and watch. In this case, uh, we have yet another chance for you to take it easy. Uh, and by that, I mean we are doing a pilot project, which apparently have been um, – I think we get a good, we get a good number of, of listens off these. You know, I thought they were kind of like a little bonusy episode kind of thing when we first did the – uh, was it Gotham, our first one, I think? Yeah, it was Gotham, which is but, why it took us a while to do another one. <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, 
but but uh, I think people seem to uh, we've gotten some some fans that have spoken to me about how they enjoy these, so I'm excited to do another one. Uh, so we'll be doing uh, a very special uh, pilot project on the very recently released uh, television show on Hulu, uh, based on the Brian K. Vaughn uh, comic Runaways. Yes, it's gonna be interesting. I, I I don't read Runaways. I follow the artists on Instagram, so I see him posting stuff about it all the time. <laughs> but uh, I do know one of the characters is a Velociraptor with a nose ring, and I'm real excited to see how this is handled because uh, special effects and TV shows are often make or break. If you uh, want to know what I'm talking about, go watch the first episode of the Immortals TV show. <laughs> which has the worst special effects you will ever see. It's like birdemic in TV form. Of course, you are of course referring to old lace. I actually had to had to had to Google that just to be sure because I'm like, is that right? Do I have that right in my head? What's his name? Old lace. Uh, okay. Yeah. See, I, I when I said I didn't read it, I mean literally. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know the character's name. It has been a bit, but I definitely read. I want to say two trades uh, in the past. Uh, thank, but, but mercifully, we will have a guest on, uh, uh, hopefully. If not, edit this recording, folks. Edit, 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 edit. Um, I don't know how I can edit in the past. <laughs> this will have already been up for a week before we yeah. find out if our guests fell through. No, no that fucking attitude. But um, <laughs> once we have our guest uh, on the episode, he, of course, will be uh, an opportunity to correct us live on air, which is... Every every guest dream. Um. <laughs> yes, and this particular guest has had to do it uh, <laughs> on almost every podcast we've invited him on. I believe I've had to text this guest apologies after getting something so tremendously wrong in the past. <laughs> Sometimes I do feel like when he's on, he like during the podcast, he must just be like, "These guys are fucking idiots." <laughs> it's going to be a problem though. I think his heavy sigh at our lack of factual, workable knowledge around comic books on our comic book podcast might conflict with the recording noise that we use to start this podcast. Yeah, it'll just, yeah, yeah. It'll just start midway into the show. <laughs> it's going to be... understand what happened. It's going to be an audio hellscape, uh, but we'll get through it. Uh, anyway, welcome to Not Another Origin Story, colon, audio hellscape. Uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Which is our sub-podcast. <laughs> you know what, fuck it, I don't feel like making the joke. Uh, <laughs> it was going to be a real long walk for that joke, so it's not worth it. Hi, well, welcome to Not Another Origin Story, colon, fuck it, I don't want to make a joke. <laughs> Fucking Matt's jokes take seven to eight hours to get to the the walk back to the original joke. Folks, can I get an I don't want to make a joke uh, t-shirt with you just sort of like, with like a, a, a sort of a cartoon illustration of you just sort of slowly walking out of the frame of the image on the shirt? Yeah, I'll just do a uh, classic Spider-Man, Spider-Man No More cover of me just walking away with like a, a Walkman in a trash can and it'll just say, I don't want to make a joke. Okay. I know you're kidding, but I need you to remake that cover except replace Spider-Man with Not Another Origin Story and replace it with just jokes no more and just you walking away with your microphone in a trash can. (laughs) All right, I may actually do that. I got some time. That's that's incredible. Well, um, thanks for tuning into this episode where we just revealed literally our best idea that actually beats the podcast itself. Um, I'm glad you uh, you were here to, to see it live. We um, need more merchandise that no one's going to buy. So I feel like do. I need to get on this. I should have made that uh, I can't sanction this buffoonery Tommy Lee Jones picture <laughs> I did. I really need to make that into a t-shirt <laughs> no one really will buy. Oh, well, uh, we, of course, uh, uh, are going to do a little more than just talk about what we um, 
what we plan to do next episode. We wanted to talk about some of the things that have been happening because we took a little week off for Thanksgiving and there has been uh, a major release, hasn't there, folks? <laughs> uh, yeah, if we're using the word major loosely. <laughs> I mean, it was a large production, but I don't know if it was a major uh, box office return. We're, of course, talking about Warner Brothers stellarly reviewed, I say with sarcasm, uh, Justice League. Yeah, it's one of these movies that has enough inherent momentum to do fine in the box office because of it's just, you know, it's got an Affleck in it. Uh, it's got it's got an Aquaman in it. It's got enough to give it some, some juice. But we were actually looking at some of the numbers before the podcast started, and I was actually pretty stunned. So just to get a frame of reference, Pogues, the um, – the box office, the estimated budget is about three hundred million. Of course, which mo- is pretty insane, pretty astounding. For reference, Wonder Woman which came out this year, which is the second, uh, uh, second largest box office this year. All movies uh, was one hundred and forty nine million, so half that. And uh, and number four, I think, is number four. Uh, no, sorry, number eight is Logan, which is uh, insane. We were just, I, I couldn't believe it's this high. Logan is number eight, again, of all movies in box office uh, revenue this year with only about a $90, to $90 million budget. That is nuts. And as you pointed out, an R-rated f- film. <laughs> which, yes, which makes it even harder. Those two factors should have worked against it. And uh, if you listen to our Logan episode, you know that we really enjoyed it, um, as did many, many people. It's, it's critically reviewed, uh, well-reviewed, and, of course, did well in the box office. But, yeah, I'm stunned because... You know, looking at these, the, the, the grosses, you know, across the board for, oh, this is domestic, by the way. Um, Wonder Woman's number two with about $412 million. Guardians of the Galaxy are behind it, about 390 Spider-Man with $334 uh, million. Thor Ragnarok, $278 million. And then all the way down there, creeping down, around number 14, Justice League. Now, Justice million. League has only been out for... True. Two weeks, two weekends, but the issue is, at the pace it's going, it's probably not likely that it will gross three hundred million domestically. Or if it does, it'll barely eke by, and that's bad. That's not good. Like, you need a movie to gross. You know, worldwide is good, but you need the movie to gross well in the United States for the most part for these films because of the. A huge amount of money that's put down. Batman vs Superman only made three hundred thirty million, and it's sad. I mean, surprisingly, it's better reviewed, which is shocking. But it only costs two fifty compared to three hundred, so there was at least an eighty million dollar gain there. So I don't know. It's pretty interesting how quick Justice League has slowed down. It's a Spider Man level slowdown without the Spider Man uh, amazing opening weekend. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I mean, it's critically. I mean, they needed. They needed two things to happen. They either needed the movie to be a financial success, and don't care about the reviews, or it had to be a critical success, and just hope it broke even. It is neither of those things. I mean, it is aggressively like most of the reviews I saw talked about how it's a waste. Uh, they waste the characters. Uh, one of the reviews I read said that Batman's Tony Stark impersonation needs work. <laughs> Another guy's review just simply said, 
I'm so glad this movie came out so now they can start filming Wonder Woman 2. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if it's being particularly well-loved, so... Yeah, just some of the headlines that I picked up from, from, from glossing over uh, some of the reviews uh, this you know since it came out and before we started recording. Uh, <laughs> Telegraph just called it DC's new superhero embarrassment. Yeah, um, I... Variety called it uh, one big ugly mess. New York Times said, better than the last one, <laughs> I guessed. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, one of the things Oof. that uh, I saw was, um, I just completely lost my train of thought while I was talking. <laughs> well, one of the things I'm I a just... professional, folks. I'm really good at what I do. I, I and... also, there's also sort of a, 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 a brief bit of drama over the fact that uh, Rotten Tomatoes held their review, which is not something you usually do when it's going to be great. Um, but, uh, that pissed people off, uh, and then it came out and it was, uh, it was, you know, it was rotten. Uh, it was not a... Yeah, which I, I almost feel like they were trying to do the movie a favor and be like, we're not going to release the aggregate score yet because it's going to be bad and then they're going to blame us. Because, I don't know if you know this, but there's like a big thing in Hollywood where they're trying to figure out, they want Rotten Tomatoes gone. They want it removed. Yeah, because they say that it, it can affect a movie's budget. Because if they release their review and it's viewed rotten, it actually hurts a movie's opening. And so a lot of a lot of like movie studios are like, we don't like that they aggregate it. You know what I mean? Because they're like, you know, maybe if you live in New York, the paper you read will say it was a B, but nationwide it's a C because or a D because Hollywood rated it an F because you know they're the harshest film critics because they make films. And so they're like, it's not good for our market. So I, I thought that this was like their attempt to be like, we want no bias. So you can't say it's our fault when it comes out because we didn't tell people it was bad till it was already in theaters. That's super interesting because I've heard that a lot. When I was doing uh, more video game writing, uh, there was a huge constant problem with that kind of thing where game studios would actually base bonuses on review scores. And they actually had a lot of game companies that come up with a system that would use every like decimal point higher – you know, whatever number higher out of a hundred or whatever would be, you know, an additional bonus. So some some fucking dweeb like myself, who's got no goddamn degree, certainly doesn't belong, you know, wave like 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 pushing the needle on the review score for a game is going to give it a fucking seventy four instead of like a seventy eight. Could affect someone could can, can can expand their house that summer. Yeah, like, I mean, it bizarre. is crazy. Um, but yeah, that sort of thing is very, very real. Uh, uh, maybe not as tangible as I just described it, but for a lot of places, you know, those those numbers aren't a joke. Uh, so the fact that it got released with a forty one percent, like d- like two days after it came out, um, probably definitely hurt sales. And I don't know if you caught it in our description, but the budget estimated for Justice League is about three hundred million, probably more. And the so far, the the, the box office is only one hundred and seventy five. So that's, I mean, that's a failure, you know? That's yeah, rough. I mean, it, it'll be out probably for another three weeks, and it'll probably hit, I, my guess will be, it'll come close to 300 if it yeah. maybe, depending, it might have a resurgence a little later, but it's, I mean, it's unlikely to have a resurgence. So, I mean, they'll be lucky if they can hit the 300 million. It'll probably end up grossing, my guess would be like 700 million, which is a pretty big drop off from Batman vs Superman which is not the way you want these to go. You know, each movie should right. be building steam. And uh, I remember what I was going to say earlier when I forgot was I don't know if you've seen all the uh 
the really bad uh like memes that were out where like people were explaining like here's the problem with the dc universe is there like imagine marvel's movies went like this they released iron man then they released civil war then they released the avengers and then they released like guardians of the galaxy they're like it wouldn't work like they built each character first and then did the ensemble dc made one movie with one person superman and then immediately was him fighting Batman, who had not been in this DC universe. They're like, they're just skipping all the groundwork. And it's, I do think that's a huge problem with these films. An interesting thing on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, you know, the, the score for critics, which is they do an aggregate of, I think, I forget how many the exact number is of critics. Um, I guess it's 281 for for justice league they have an option where you can look at just top critics and what that does is it takes the top 45 or 50 critics in the united states and takes their score only so like you know they don't go to you know it's like the guy from the new york times or rolling stones what's their rating versus like you know just a really popular news site in new york or whatever it gets a 24 percent from top critics which oh, is it's, i mean Usually what happens when you do the top critics, the movie actually gets rated higher. Because there's a bunch of critics... Like, the problem with reviews sometimes is people will just trash a movie because it makes people want to read the review. And so they'll be, like, dicks about it when they think a movie's supposed to be disliked. Yeah. So usually when you go top critics, they're usually... The top critics are usually more, like, film-oriented. Whether or not they think the movie should be good or bad, they just rate it based on what the movie is. Usually it does not go down. It's certainly not by fifty percent. So that's pretty. It's, it's pretty noticeable. Although what's also interesting, and this has been a common case with DC movies, is they get critically panned. Uh, they might do well box office, whatever, but they get critically panned. I mean, Batman v Superman for sure. Suicide Squad definitely. Um, but the audience scores are also very high. Uh, and I don't know if yeah. it's like a rejection of like the quote unquote elite. Like, oh, you can't tell me what I. What's good? I, I do feel like audience scores on any like comic book movie or like any big blockbuster are worthless because you're only getting two people weighing in. People who will be like, the movie, it was five out of five. Or the guy who's like, I would give it no stars if that was possible. You know I mean, there's no person. Right. You get maybe right. out of like the 100,000 reviews, 5,000 people actually review, reviewed the film. Everybody else is just there to like with an axe to grind to be like, I hated it, and everyone needs to know I hated it. Yeah. Or they're like, I'm tired of everybody hating this, so I'm going to say it was the best movie I'd ever seen. It's kind of like Yelp reviews. Nobody's like, you know, I had a pretty good salad on my way to the airport. Like, nobody nobody writes that review. It's always like, uh, I didn't get seated in time. Uh, oh, zero stars. I hate this restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Like, they always say is, you know, it's like negative publicity. Everybody will tell you about a bad experience. Most people don't tell you about a good experience. Very true. So I, I do feel like that's one of the problems with these reviews. And it's important to note that the 82% liking it on Justice, Justice League on Rotten Tomatoes, that's people who rated it 3.5 or higher out of five stars. So that just means the average person liked it slightly more than they thought it was a more than above average film. And I will say, just to be uh, just to be clear here, that in terms of box office money right now, this movie is behind Boss Baby. 
Just going to set that gauntlet up there for Justice League to try and cross, because for the love of God, you can't lose to Boss Baby, Justice League. I mean, that would be insane, because one, I did not know that movie did well. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, I was like, all right, I know Justice League made a reasonable amount of money. How did Boss Baby make more than that? I, it was in theaters for like two days, it seemed like. It's fucking number 13. They're already doing uh, Boss League. Uh, uh. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Boss baby, right. boss baby versus uh, Coco. <laughs> yeah. Were those made by the same studio? <laughs> sure. <laughs> boss baby versus that Super Bowl commercial with the baby that, like, I think wanted to sell you insurance. I forget. Um, uh, <laughs> I will say something that when me and Ben were talking about the the top five highest grossing films for this year, he was he was saying something. He was like, "Oh man, the top five highest grossing films for this year, are like three superhero movies that were all Marvel." And uh, I was like, well, what's number one? He was like, Beauty and the Beast. And I was, I, after we talked about it for a little bit, I was like, oh, that means Disney made four of the top five highest grossing f- movies this year. Clarification, there's actually two Marvel movies and Wonder Woman, which is DC. So. Oh, sorry. You're right, Wonder Woman. I missed. So sure. they still, though, they have three no, out yeah. of five. And let's face it, they'll have four out of five at the end of December because... Star Wars. Last Jedi is yeah. coming out. There's, yeah. There's no way it's not going to get up there. So, I mean... Disney basically just runs box offices anymore. I mean, they just own everything. I mean, at this point, Disney could buy like even like a low-level movie-reviewing podcast just to ensure that they got good reviews, which I say, uh, hoping that uh, that Disney will that, pay that happens. <laughs> Disney, I, I will tell you right now, we do not have ethics or morals. We will we will shill for you like there is no tomorrow. Just give me some free Star Wars merch. <laughs> Give me, give me a background shot. You know, put me in the background of, of Last yeah, Jedi. I can, I can be soft in Episode Nine. I don't. You don't need to put me in focus. Just get me in the back of a cantina. I, like, I, I will say you're the best studio ever. Yeah. However you want me. I could be soft. I could be hard. Just let me know. <laughs> I, I'm probably gonna be hard. So you're gonna want to make me soft in the background because it is gonna be noticeable. You want, you want to lose definition. Real. I mean, as much as you can. Um. <laughs> all right. So, on that, it's got blue real fast, guys. On that Star Wars dick joke, uh, let's go ahead. And the one, the one last, a very tiny thing I wanted to point your way. We, as of recording, we don't yet have a uh, a a Marvel trailer for Infinity Wars, uh, which is coming out. I think is it the next Marvel movie? I should know this. I, I don't. Yeah, it should be the next one. Um. As far I, as yeah, I know. we're expecting a trailer relatively soon, which should be interesting. In the meantime. Vanity Fair has published four covers, which include uh, a different member, uh, groups of different members of the cast of Infinity War, which is super interesting because, I mean, we're talking, I mean, no, obviously there's no surprises here. You're not going to see anybody. Well, maybe there is, because I think you were surprised by... Um, I lied. Black Panther, I think, comes out before it. Oh, right. Black Panther. Uh, but Wasp is in this? Yeah, I was surprised that they were going to introduce Wasp because she hadn't been introduced yet in... True. Uh, the ant-man movie yeah it just seems like sort of odd to like introduce like uh you know i'm not trying to like dog on the wasp but she's not like a top tier character right but just you know just to throw in as an inter- being introduced in this one but just to cover some of the groupings and i highly recommend you look this up because it's pretty interesting to see uh just to, just to sort of see these characters next to each other uh i mean seeing like you know for instance this one i think one of my one of my, my favorites has got uh it's got Star Lord next to Doctor Strange was with Spider Man hanging above them, and Pepper Potts there for some reason. Um, that one's even more confusing because, like, 
Star-Lord is the only member of the Guardians in these pictures, and I'm like, they picked Pepper Potts? Yeah. To put it, like, how big of a role can she have in Infinity War? It should have been a Groot that was too tall to fit in frame. Like, that's what I... I... Oh, that would have been brilliant if it was just, like, nips down, tree nips down. <laughs> well, we got a new... Is that what they're called, tree nips? We got a new shirt, tree nips down. Um... I also like that in all four of these. I mean, this is the same. These are four variants of the of the Vanity Fair cover issue. But the number one headline above these characters is OJ Simpson's post prison hell, which is really disorienting when you're trying to like like see how cool yeah. Captain America looks. I was like looking at him and I started reading the headlines. I'm like, none of these fucking are talking about Infinity Wars. <laughs> like, not one of them references Infinity Wars. But yeah, I'm. Uh, I am. I am. Pretty damn excited about uh, what what we've got coming up here. I will say that Anthony Mackie looks super uncomfortable in his fucking wingsuit costume on the first one. He's just like, it looks I like, think it's because he's like kind of flying, isn't he? I think they had him jump and then sna- oh, snap the photo. I wonder if they or if they put him in a harness and so like for like you know three hours they're taking these fucking stupid pictures. He's <laughs> hanging from a harness. He's like this blows. He looks very uncomfortable. But yeah, I highly recommend looking those up because boy, it's just really coming out to be like the years of. Uh, uh, of of uh, of just crowded superhero movies. Like I don't even know. how Yeah, to we got to enjoy it because, like, in five years, these movies are going to go bust, and they're not going to make them again for like another decade. Like, you know, you won't get this heyday for a long time. I mean, it's insane, and, and I think we have this perspective because we've done so many of these movies. Uh, but like, think about like when like the the shitty Captain America came out, you know, or like uh, a first attempt at Spider Man, which went. You know, as we as we discussed pretty well, could you have fathomed that they would have constructed this big of a universe on one side of the fence and still have another, you know, universe being constructed on the other? It's it's insane that this there's this many out there right now and that it hasn't burst yet. You know what I mean? I I, I found it astounding. Yeah, no, I mean, considering when you know, like growing up, the, the superhero movies I had were like. So bad that when the Spider-Man movie came out, I was like, this is cinema gold. This is perfection. Which, like, now looking back on it, I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't as good as I remember. But, like, you know, compared to Daredevil and, you know, yeah. terrible Batman sequels. Right. I mean, and all that stuff. You know, it's, it is sort of like a heyday for... And what I love about the Marvel movies is they feel so comic booky, And that's what I love. You know what I mean? They're, they're very much a Marvel comic book. And I dig that because, I don't know, the ultra-realistic take on superheroes in movies doesn't really fly for me. <laughs> you know, usually it, it's sort of a train wreck, so it is impressive. And all all because of John Farver and that Iron Man movie. I think we need a little shrine for him right in my recording area. Well, folks. That's right. Swing Mr. Swingers himself. We turned this mini-sode into a regular sode, so I think it's about time to call it. Uh, again, make sure to tune in uh, next week uh, to listen to our Runaways pilot project with a special guest. You know who it is. And uh, we'll see you after that. And if you don't have Hulu, Ben's about to shout out his name and password. Ready, set. It's Tree Nips Down. <laughs>